0: off your future with the law firm of Kandori and Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention GD to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Uh, Danny is putting together some of his jokes for the stand-up set you're going to do ahead of the big... The Fan On Stage Live event. Yeah. On February 2nd at Bethesda Theater. and you. I just ran one by (laughs) you. You just ran a joke (laughs) by me right as we're coming back in. And it was very funny. It popped you? Yeah. That's good. That was a good one. Speaking of the event, caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're getting two tickets to 106.7 The Fan 980 Live Friday, Feb 2nd. Bethesda Theater. This is a week from Friday night. All your favorite shows, The Junkies, B. Mitch and Finley, Danny, myself, Bit Season, we will be there. Off air, on stage, uncensored. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com slash events. Presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local. Bank local. Let's get to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet Smarter to beat the books. Welcome onto the show, Mark Ross. You see him on NFL Network. He is the longtime executive uh, in the NFL. And check him out on social, at Mark with a C Ross. Thank you for the time. Good to talk to you again. How are you? Sure thing. All is well. Let's start with these head coaching searches that are going on still with five openings. That number could shrink to four very soon, depending on what happens with Jim Harbaugh and the L.A. Chargers. Just how thorough and, and... lengthy is this process and, and give us an idea of where we're at with some of these teams. It seems like they cast a huge net and you get the second batch of interviews. Walk us through it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you kind of got it right. I mean, owners and GM who's ever making the decision. Some teams now down in Tennessee seem like Rand Carthage made the decision there. I uh, had a lot of say in there, every, you know, every team's different on who has the say, obviously the owner is going to have final say on it all, but you know, if you're a struggling team, you're you're kind of looking at guys for a while, you know, even if your coach is still there until you pull the plug to get them up out of there. So you kind of have a list of, of guys that you're looking at, you have your eye on, and once the season is over, once you fire your coach, then, okay, it intensifies and that group shrinks to a more serious group. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times, a lot of these interviews or names that you see you throw out there, they're not serious candidates. or just kind of pick the brains of, of people of certain places. But uh, you know, then you whittle that down to okay, you got six guys you really like, and then it whittles down to two, and you bring those guys in again to talk to them some more, get more people involved with who's talking to them, and get it get a little bit more deeper about philosophy and and things like that, or you know, coaching staffs and Scouting philosophies—you kind of talk about all of that. So it's really a process of whittling, whittling it down, and you know that's the best ways. But there's some teams that just the owner has an eye on one guy, and you say, okay, I want that guy. I'm going to hire him. So it kind of works both ways.
2: Mark, bad jobs, bad coaching jobs have kind of claimed a lot of guys. And here's what I mean: I, we don't think of guys like, I don't know, uh, David Culley or Lovey Smith or Hugh Jackson as viable head coaching candidates anymore because they go to a place that's bad and dysfunctional and they don't do particularly well, and sort of that kind of churns you out. Then every once in a while, there's a D'Amico Ryan's that comes in and destroys everything that was there in terms of the bad culture, the bad job, and it becomes, uh, you know, not thought of the same way anymore. How should candidates be viewing a bad job? And I'm really thinking specifically maybe of Carolina.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well, every coaching search and every coaching job is different. You know, everyone wants to say, well, this is the template to, to hire a good head coach. Or this is the it's Every single one, you look at these five jobs this year, they're all different as far as the circumstances the team that you have and the ownership group and the history of the team. So they're all completely different. You know, a bad job, you know, there are bad organizations and, and bad ownership groups and bad situations that kind of, uh, you know, look the same. But you mentioned the Texan situation, but with D'Amico Ryan's the whole thing changes, you get C.J. Stroud. So, you know, the, that other those other guys that were in the, the Texans before, whether they were or were not the right guy, well, now you drop a generational talent there, and guy the guy's a the top-five quarterback, <laughs> a rookie, and did historic things. That changes everything. You know, that doesn't take away from the job that D'Amico Ryans did, but, you know, that, that's just the, the, the nature of it. And you get a gener- you get a great quarterback, a franchise quarterback, they change everything, and you don't need anything else. Whereas if you don't have that, then you're going to be struggling and, and through the whole process over and over and over again. So, you know, that, that being said, you know, certain jobs may look better from the outside in certain jobs, may look terrible, but then you get a guy like that and it changes everything. And it's a great job. Cincinnati a few years ago. Yep. And who wants to go to Cincinnati? They don't spend any money. They have the owners, blah, blah, blah. You get Joe Burrow, and it changes the whole thing. Now they're, we're talking about a guy getting a head coaching job from coaching Joe Burrow. So You know, this year it may be the same thing with some of those teams at the top uh, with bad situations. But if the quarterback pans out to be the guy, it all changes.
0: Mark Ross, 20 years as a scout, director of scouting, Eagles, Bills, Princeton alum, former XFL (laughs) EV. I mean, he's been everywhere, and you see him on (laughs) NFL Network breaking the game down. How about this trend? The league has decided somewhere along the way, offensive head coach is better than defensive. In an analytics era now, they've also decided the leader of men type is kind of an endangered species. You're going with the schematic savant, right? The, the Mike McDaniel, you know, the, the Kyle Shanahan kind of coach. Uh, why did that start, and, and what do you blame that on, so to speak, and are you okay with it?
1: You know, unfortunately, the... Uh, the, the, the NFL here is a copycat copycat league, and, and it's true. You know, there's not a lot of innovative thinking or outside thinking the way the NFL does certain things, and they just kind of say, well, this is the way and let's do it, and it doesn't even necessarily have to pan out. And you look at, you know, kind of what's going on. Look at the four teams that are left. You know, Andy Reid is a leader of MET, and – uh, you know, and, and so was Harbaugh, and so was Dan Campbell, and, you know, for Shanahan, for all, you know, he's supposed to be the genius there. There's something he's got there as a great leader that is bringing that team together, and to me, the best coaches I've been around were Andy. I worked with Andy Reid for eight years. I worked with Tom Coughlin for 11, and, you know, it's the presence they had and, and the the leadership that they had, and I worked with Harbaugh way back when on Andy's staff, and you could just tell he was going to be, that kind of guy. So I, I, the the best coaches I've been around, they have a presence, they have leadership, the X's and O's. There's only so much of a difference with certain, certain coaches, you know, most coaches, it's the persona to me, the the great coaches that I've been around that really separates them. But the NFL just kind of looks at, you know, I'm not talking about anybody here with with Cincinnati since we talked about him and, and Callahan and, well, he coached Joe Burrow. He's the next young, innovative guy. Let him be the next Sean McVay. And there's one Sean McVay. There, you know, there's one of those guys. But for for better or for worse, ownership doesn't really dig in deep to see the differences uh, that that even despite the lengthy interview process.
0: There is something to be said too, though, that it has worked, right? I mean, if you look at it like LaFleur, McVay, uh, Zach Taylor, who's tangentially from that same tree. Uh, obviously, with McVay, um thinking about Mike McDaniel and what's happened in Miami, like there hasn't really been a big swing and a miss yet from that tree.
1: Yeah, that's that that one tree there that they've kind of, you know, the the, the Shanahan tree. I guess all those dudes that were all on the Washington staff, speaking of, you know, down there, all those guys were down there on that same staff, and whatever happened there, where someone didn't identify, like. One of these seven dudes who are going to be really good head coaches in a few years. Maybe keep one of them, but you know it's all about timing and play. So yeah, there hasn't been a big swing in the miss. They've all been kind of successful in their own right, and each one of those hires told a good story. Where you look, you talk about all those dudes. They all got some pretty good quarterbacks too that they're matched up with. Some of them enhance the quarterback they have. Looking at Mike McDaniel down there with Tua, but um, yeah, that they, they haven't. One at all. You know, one of those guys has has to win it all, hit, hit big there. But um, for the most part, they have been successful. So ownership looks at that and say, yep, they've been successful and we want one too.
2: Mark, here's my my case study. And I want your thought on this. I think Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. So I start with that premise, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he had two really good offensive coordinators, as evidenced by the fact that Matt LaFleur, then Arthur Smith, go on to head coaching gigs. Now, it didn't work great for Smith in Atlanta, but but bear with me. Now a year removed from Smith's departure after a 12-win season, Tennessee's fallen off, Tannehill regresses, etc. Now Vrabel's out of a gig. I think it's tougher just because of what the rest of the league is doing for a defensive coach or otherwise to kind of keep some continuity there for the offensive side of the ball because everybody else wants to hire offense. So that's kind of this, you know, uh, chicken of the egg sort of thing for organizations to make decisions right there. would love your thought. Yeah, well,
1: it's that we saw today like all teams have changed their offensive coordinator in the last year or so. So it's it's really amazing. I couldn't believe it when I when I heard that, and it's all about you know if you're an offensive coordinator and you your offense is good, some other team wants to hire you as a head coach. You mm-hmm. just listed how seven guys, so they're right. they're gone. And then if you're 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 not good, then you get fired. So if there's like no in between with an offensive coordinator there. So, and it helps to get a quarterback now to have a Burrow and a Brady. Look how many guys Brady got jobs to say, okay, we've got a, a talented quarterback, a top ten quarterback, I coached him. So I'm going to get a job. And if you got a struggling offense with a marginal quarterback, you you get you get let go. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of it. And for defensive coaches, I, you know. You know, D'Amico Ryan, let's just use him as an example. A defensive coach who showed, like, this guy's the man. And there's no reason why anyone could look at the job he did and say, you know, this guy's not the guy. And Bobby Sloan, of course, got a lot of credit for C.J. Stroud. But, uh, you know, is it him or was that C.J. Stroud? And if I had another coordinator, would C.J. Stroud still have been C.J. Stroud? So uh, I still feel and I still believe that you can hire a head coach, who's not an offensive-minded person and still get an outstanding offensive coordinator, as evidenced with the Texans, and still be a successful team.
0: Mark Ross with us here on Grant and Danny. Looking ahead to the offseason, I mean, Jordan Love is about to get paid. You wrote a nice piece Mm -hmm. about many of the guys that are hitting free agency who are going to break the bank. at Quarterback, it'll be Love from Green Bay with an extension. He's not going to be a free agent. But Kirk yeah. Cousins is gonna hit the market, presumably if he gets out of Minnesota. He'll get paid handsomely. Baker Mayfield sounds like he's gonna stay in Tampa. Uh give us a little primer on not only what love could make and what lies ahead for Cousins, but this free agency crop.
1: Yeah, well, you know, love with the quarterback situation. Every year we go through the cycle, the next quarterback gets paid and everybody goes crazy. They don't deserve that, you know. Well, they do because that's the market and it's just the next guy up who's gonna get who gets the money. And even someone like Kirk cousins, where, I mean, Kurt and his agent have mastered the game. I I don't know why anybody doesn't hire his agent, Mike McCartney, who I worked with way back in the day, give him a plug, but he he's mastered it where, okay. So who cares if Kurt's not, you know, the greatest of all time, but here's the market for Kurt. This is what it is. And we're going to parlay the importance and the, the teams wanting a guy like this to get him this money. So Uh, you know, Kurt will will strike it rich once again. And, um, you know, the premium positions will get paid again, of course, quarterback and pass rushers. Chris Jones is up there and a ton of pass rushers. If you read the article, I mean, this was really a great year. If you need one of those guys to go get one. So, you know, those guys are going to get paid corners generally. So it'll be, it'll be fun. There's a lot of good names out there for who will be free agents and getting extensions as, as well. So, but, yeah, Jordan Love deserved it. He proved it. You know, that's he, he kind of said, okay, this is it. This is my time. And he went and did it. And even a guy like Baker Mayfield, who was kind of, you know, bounced around, bouncing around, okay, and, and I proved it. So, you know, happy for those guys. And, uh, you know, there's only so many quarterbacks walking around the earth. And there's only so many top-notch ones. And even the ones that aren't elite still get paid because you got to have one to to be in the mix.
2: NFL Network's Mark Ross with us here on GND. Mark, let's go to the games this weekend. This Ravens team, you know, three-quarters of the way through the season, I'm sitting there beating the drum going, nobody's paying enough attention to them. They are excellent. Now I think they're kind of getting their flowers, and here they go up against, you know, like the the great villain, right? The unkillable monster at the end. Kansas City's not your older brother's Kansas City Chiefs, but it's still Mahomes. It's still Reed. There's still that mystique. Does Baltimore get over the hump this weekend?
1: Yeah, I think they do, and uh, I I picked Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl, our preseason article we had, and then midseason I I picked them to to win it. Um, And they're just so – you've seen them. I mean, they're just so complete, and they got Lamar doing his deal, the defense, and the thing that was most impressive is that they play good teams and they destroy them. They don't just – eke by these guys and his play here or there, I mean, they just go crush teams. <laughs> it's just, you know, even last week, it's like, okay, you know, Texans return that punt for a touchdown. Like, Oh boy, here we go. Next thing you know, come out of halftime, the game is over real quick. And you know, that, they're just that explosive on both sides of the ball. You, you couldn't script this any better. I guess <laughs> going with Mahomes and Reed and the Chiefs, I and mean, this is so fascinating and intriguing, you know, the wounded vet, even though they're, you know, that's been there and, Uh, you know, do they have anything left? Puncher's chance left, and as long as you got Mahomes in there and Reed, you have a chance, but I just think the Ravens are just so complete, and the Chiefs are so compromised on the offensive side of the ball with you got Mahomes and Kelsey, and then that cast of characters that they got trying to catch balls and all of that is just – the Ravens, I think, should be able to shut that down and not let Kelsey just run free like he did last week, so – Yeah, I'm just really intrigued by the matchup, but overall, I I just love Baltimore, love them from the start, and think they'll get it done.
0: Mark, how much of the uh, rookie draft class, the the quarterbacks from college, have you studied or watched so far?
1: Uh, The ones that are coming, I've I've watched them all. Yeah, Doug Deep, man. I still, my first love is just putting that tape on and watching it. So yeah, definitely. That's why I asked mean, for 20 years. You
0: were scouting and running. Scouting department. Yeah, I was. So I, I, yeah, want, I was. I just wanted yeah, to scouting. get your thoughts on Drake May and uh, as it pertains to him versus Jaden Daniels. If assuming, and I'm assuming Caleb Williams goes one. Yeah. If you think that may not happen, you, you go ahead and tell me. But what are your thoughts yeah. on those guys?
1: Yeah, no, I just, Caleb's got to go one there, and then. But I, but you know, Jaden Daniels. I, I love Jaden Daniels. He's he's my number two guy, and you know that's just because you know guys that perform like that Uh, in college guys are producing college producing the pros. It doesn't mean they're going to do it, but you know, the great quarterbacks were, were unbelievable college players. And Jane Daniels just has so much boxy and poise and playmaking about him that he would be my guy. And Drake may is a lot of, well, he's going to be this in a few years. He's going to be, you know, in in a little bit of up and down at Carolina there. And, uh, but overall there's just a little bit something to me that's just just missing for that and I don't want to compare him to some quarterbacks in the league who have, he reminds me of but you know Jane Daniels really to me just has that give me you know, that guy. who's he remind you? Of? <laughs> he got a little bit of Trevor Lawrence to
0: me. Where I'll be that, thrilled if he's Trevor Lawrence.
1: Well, the Trevor the Trevor kind of got built up as like the next generational guy yeah. and it, and and he just hasn't lived up to that. And when big moments, you know, this year kind of, you know, people excuse it away to the injuries and whatnot. Uh, but it's, you know, he just hasn't kind of come through for them the, the way they wanted him to. There's you know, No need for that team that not make the playoffs this year. And of course, it's not all on one guy, but when you're that guy. So Drake may a little bit of that, where he looks the part, he throws the part, he can do this and that. But overall, when things kind of get hectic in there for him, it just, he doesn't raise to the, raise, raise his level of play to match that. Uh, whereas to me, the Gene Daniels uh, certainly does that. Caleb Williams does as well.
2: Mark, I'm, I'm with you and pretty much the rest of anybody else that's watched football. That Caleb Williams is, is the clear-cut number one. The, the, you know, the, the playmaking stuff is intoxicating, et cetera. Just as someone that, you know, knows that this, the hit rate even on can't miss guys, you just brought up Trevor Lawrence, isn't 100%. What might derail Caleb Williams, if anything? Uh,
1: Yeah, there's no perfect prospect. There's no perfect player, no perfect prospect. There's no can't miss. And, you know, with Caleb, he's he's fumbled the ball a lot. And he does a lot of, uh, you know, he's had to do a lot of hero ball there at at SC. Uh, This year, particularly last year, things were a little bit easier for him. and Had a little bit more talent and, and infrastructure around him. And if he's got to do hero ball too much, you know, and he hero balls too much and with his turnovers. So, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the situation there in Chicago, they don't get talent around him. He could get crushed. And, uh, that, that's any sort of quarterback where you want to drop them into a situation where they don't have to take it all on themselves and be the guy, you know, you just want them to kind of grow into being that guy. And if it's too much too soon and, uh, you don't have the right infrastructure around him that, that could get him. Uh, but, you know, for him, you see the vision, you see the playmaking, you see the timing, you see the production, you see the, the moxie, and, you know, all of that um, you see. Now there's some other things that teams dig into as far as off the field stuff and leadership and injuries and character. All of that has to get, especially when you got those top ten picks, all of that you dig into deep too and make sure that all of that checks out, too, to make sure that that player is your guy for your franchise.
0: It's great information. Awesome with us, as always, Mark. We'd love to get you back on a little closer to the draft to talk more about some of these QBs with Washington holding the number two pick. Thank you for joining us. We really sure, appreciate sure it. thing. Thanks, yep, Mark.
1: Anytime. All right, anytime. Be good. Okay. Very sharp.
0: Right. Mark Ross, NFL Network, former scout, former executive in the National Football League. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo is going to join us coming up. At the bottom of the hour, wrote a column today about why there isn't more interest in Bill Belichick. He had me a little nervous when he said he had a comp in the NFL he didn't like for Drake May. He didn't want to give us. And then he said, Trevor Lawrence. That is I, not went, the, I went, woo, okay. That is not the disrespect that you think it is, sir. Right.
2: I thought he was going to be like, I see Mitch Trubisky. And I would have
0: gagged a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he goes, I could see him ending up like Trevor Lawrence. Darn. Darn. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good problem to have around here. Yeah. It's been a long time since I had a Trevor Lawrence on a rookie contract. Sight
2: unseen right now. Do you sign up for Trevor Lawrence?
0: The answer is yes. It was it probably yes. I do that. Uh, Grant and Danny, with you on the fan, why aren't more teams interested in Belichick? Is Washington making a mistake by not being interested, not just in him, but in any of the proven winners that are available? Uh, Dan Wetzel joins us next. Welcome back, and thank you for making the show part of Your day, live all over D.C., we're Grant and Danny. You are listening to the fan in the district, also in Richmond, and wherever you are on the Odyssey app. Coming up in 30 minutes at 4, our Beltway Blitz covering the Caps, Bailey Johnson, the Wizards, Ava Wallace, and the Commanders with our buddy, Kevin Sheehan. But right now, let's get to the BetQL guest hotline. There was a really, really good column written today. I read it on Yahoo Sports from their tremendous writer, Dan Wetzel, about Bill Belichick and the fact that as maybe the greatest coach to ever live, he has gotten all of one formal interview. No interest. In this coaching process. And Dan's asking the question I think a lot of us are, why is almost no team interested in him? Dan, thank you for the time. Grant and Danny here. How are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. So I'll I'll read a quick excerpt here uh, that popped me right off the top. You said again, presumably, 302 regular season victories, 31 playoff victories, 20 double-digit win seasons, 17 division titles, nine Super Bowl appearances and six Lombardi trophies means that he doesn't need a bullet-pointed uh, paper uploaded to ZipRecruiter or maybe they do. <laughs> Nobody's calling this guy. Just the Falcons. What gives? I don't know.
3: I don't know. I I'm not saying you got to hire him. Um maybe he's too old. Maybe, you know, his team, you know, they won the four games last year. Uh, maybe you don't, this isn't the direction you want to go in, whatever, but there are seven, uh, there were seven jobs, not counting new England opened. Um, there's at least four or five more that could open, but they didn't, they had no interest obviously in making a move, uh, for Belichick. Um, of the seven that opened, only one. Atlanta has talked to him. I like even if you were going to bring him in just to bring him in to talk football for a day, and hear his ideas, you think you would earn the right, the the respect to say, here's how I would run your franchise, right? Um, even if you just listened so that you could hear stuff that you might want to apply without hiring him. Uh, I mean, the guys, even if you don't want to be your coach next year, what? What would you pay for a consultant of Bill Belichick's quality to come into an organization and say, here's my plan on how I would do things? It's just, I don't understand. I thought he would get five interviews and someone would hire him. Atlanta may hire him. I don't know. But the idea that you would not even waste a chance to talk football, organizations, coaching, the NFL, all that stuff with Bill Belichick, not even call him, just doesn't make any sense to me for any of these teams, even if they were like, there is no chance in
2: heck we're hiring Bill Belichick. Dan, I don't have a good answer either. Um, Let me start from there. And I've got really flimsy theories that are, you know, not even a house of cards. It's like just two cards that I'm trying to make a pyramid out of and hopefully that's a shelter. I'm going to do my best. I want, and I want your thoughts. I think if you bring him in and don't hire him, it's weird. Right, maybe teams are thinking if we like you're not gonna hire the greatest coach of all time and and your program has been a joke, like look at Carolina or I don't know, you could pick some of the other teams if you bring in the greatest coach ever to walk the earth, I mean you know at worst what second or third, and you don't hire him and you go from you go to some neophyte, does that put that guy in a bad spot again, I'm grasping
3: I guess, but you still could have hired him like it's not like uh it's not like you didn't trade for him a year ago or something like, like everybody who didn't interview him, didn't hire him. So why not interview him? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's not. I I. I don't, I, I hear, I get your point. There might be something. I think there's probably uh, general managers and team presidents are like, dude, we bring this guy in? I might get bounced, right? I'm not bringing in a guy I can't control. I would much rather have a young coordinator that's going to keep me around. It's a part this or that I, I don't want to deal with Belichick. There might be people who just hate Belichick, he always won, he did the you know uh yeah- you know how did he win all the different things i what I love is the Falcons, who he beat twenty eight three in a super Bowl came back from twenty eight three the worst loss ever they're like, we'll talk to you, I mean, can you imagine the interview uh you know have you ever been through any adversity and uh, <laughs> led a team to uh well, actually, you guys might recall funny you bring that um up. yeah funny you mentioned that I recall one night in Houston um but you know, like again, yeah, I I guess that's it. I just, I mean, it's it, the 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 guy. And you know, if you go with what, uh, it was only Tom Brady. It really wasn't only Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a big part of it, but Tom Brady did not coach the defense. He did not, you know, do this and have this game plan. I just don't know how the heck you don't talk to him. Everybody in in the NFL should be dying to get to spend an afternoon to talk strategic team building, football, everything you possibly can with with Bill Belichick. Whether you want to hire him or not, whether he's just next, let's say you're hot, even if you don't even have a coach, I'll give you the Kansas City Chiefs. You'd be like, hey, Belichick wants to stop by and talk football with us. Yes, we'll take it. Like everybody should want to do it, and nobody is. It's a weird, weird situation, and I don't know if it's just general dis- inability of NFL front offices and owners to get out of their own way or see the value in this. But from the outside, it doesn't make any sense
0: to me. A story on Yahoo, you should read it, from Dan Wetzel. Why is almost no team interested in Bill Belichick? And to your point, Atlanta's got a bevy of other folks that they're interviewing for a second time. I mean, Belichick might actually not even get that job and be forced to sit out a season or who knows more. I guess for me it was a two-parter, and I'm a bit of a hypocrite because – My take is that someone should hire him, but here the Washington Commanders have an opening, and I have zero interest in him for it. I want a young, offensive-minded play caller to marry to a quarterback they're going to take number two overall, and it seems like that's the whole trend of the league where retreads, certainly defensive-minded ones are out. I also wonder with him about if he wants control of the front office. There's been nobody worse at picking players than him over the last several years, I think his last 18 players that they had to decide on giving a second contract or two that they drafted in the first and second round, they didn't give a second contract to any of them. So I wonder if he'd be willing to coach without being an executive because that could be a deal-breaker for a lot of teams.
3: Yeah, Bill Belichick, the general manager, uh, is not good. Bill Belichick, the coach, uh, I think still is good. Still really Uh, good, seems like. Not bad last year. They played hard. He's going to command respect, all those things again i i don't think he, he's like a surefire you must hire this guy
0: um your point is and i think it's such a good point like you're the harris ownership group just as an example here who are, who are getting to know the yeah. league and everything you're adam peters doing your first coaching search why wouldn't you want to have lunch with bill belichick
3: yeah even if it's like well you know you call him and you go well i gotta have control of the team well once you come down we'll discuss that right um i, I just i just I would. I just think there's a, a bevy of information, perspective. I would at least want to hear. Well, what's your plan? Um, okay, so who are you, and why? How do you think you could win at our place? The man has won six Super Bowls. He did. He had two more as a defensive coordinator. He's led these. Inc- we talk about that incredible comeback against Atlanta. The coach they beat that day, the coach that gagged away that Super Bowl, is Dan Quinn. Who's the Dallas Cowboy uh, coordinator? And he's got—he's already interviewed twice and got two more teams interested in him, right? And that's fine. Dan Quinn's a good football coach, but like, I beat that guy when he had a twenty-three lead. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want? Like, you don't even want to talk to me? I just—I'm just—I'm stunned at it. I don't know whether you ever hire him, but I cannot imagine anyone in football not benefiting from having Bill Belichick. Imagine him coming and saying, okay, I am going to fly down to your offices. I am going to spend an entire day focused, and I am going to show up with a plan on how I would win with your team. And you and and everybody in the league except Atlanta going, yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm a little busy on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, it's not for me. Uh, Dan, I want to pick your brain about some other things you've written recently. Sure. I'm fascinated by this Campbell-Goff-Lions dynamic. I mean – I, I don't think Dan Campbell's actually the genius that he's getting credit for. I think like a lot of things are working in, in their favor, but can't argue with the results at this point, right? It just everything seems to be coming into place and kind of coming up the Detroit Lions here. Walk me through that dynamic and kind of what you think of them.
3: Well, I think Dan Campbell's done a great job with his team and setting a tone and and all of that. I think some of the, what the praise for Dan Campbell, in my opinion, is a little misplaced. The biggest thing is he and Brad Holmes, their general manager, have drafted great players. I mean, they got loaded up with talent over the last couple of years. They they got golf on in the in the Stafford trade, and they got a whole bunch of draft picks too. And they have used all these draft picks to get excellent players: Jameer Gibbs, you know, Sam Laporta; those are two of the best rookies in the league. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Pene Sewell. I mean, they got a great line. They've got really good players all over the field. The last two weeks I covered them and you're just watching. There really isn't a weakness out there. This is an excellent football team. That's why you win. There's not rah-rah. This is the NFL. There's no biting kneecap speech that, that motivates guys. Every guy in the NFL is motivated pretty much. And so you've got you've to do it. And I think the thing that Campbell's done really well, is excellent coordinators, his, almost his entire coaching staff are former players, including him. Um, he has built a, a, an aggressive personality. We're always going for it on fourth. We're fight fake punts, all halfback options, all of that. And he's a lot smarter of an X and O guy than people give him credit for because he doesn't look like he, he you know, we we have a I remember John Thompson saying this one time, the great John Thompson of Georgetown, people misperceive size for a lack of intelligence. And it, it, a lot of times, like big tall centers don't become coaches in the, in basketball. The point guard does, and it's just like natural perception that you look and go, oh, that guy. He's the he's the dumb jock. Dan Campbell looks like that, right? He's got the goatee, he's still huge. He talks kind of. He's way smarter. He's as smart as any of them. He just doesn't look like. What you look and go, oh, that guy must be smart. Where there's all the NFL is half the NFL is full of these guys that didn't even play. And they're like, well, oh, that guy looks really smart. Dan Campbell doesn't necessarily fit our perception of that. But if you watch the way his team plays, not just how hard it plays, he 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 delivers that.
0: Completely agree with you. Yeah, he is 100% won me over. Uh, Dan, great conversation and really, really good column. We'll send people to Yahoo. Thank you very much, sir. Anytime,
3: man. Take care. See you, buddy. Be good.
0: There's Dan Wetzel on Grant and Danny here on 106.7 The Fan. We got a double play coming your way next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. I got a TV show I want to run by you guys. That is, I can't wait for the show to be over so I can start watching it again. That's how locked in on it I am. Just when you have to get through your day so you can get back to your TV show, that's where I'm at on it. Uh, And then we're blitzing at the top of the hour in 18 minutes right here on The Fan. GD on the fan. There is some NFL news circulating going through some of the items here. The Dolphins and their legendary defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, are mutually agreeing to part ways. Schefter's reporting that Vic Fangio's going to end up being the D.C. in Philadelphia with the Eagles. So first and foremost, I guess Ron Rivera will not be the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. I am shocked. He interviewed there. Second... Vic Fangio, according to Schefter, is the favorite now. He'll go to Philly closer to home here late in his career, former head coach in Denver with the Broncos. But he gets out of his contract and out of his deal with the Dolphins. That's a great hire for Philly and for Nick Sirianni. You're going into the season. It's a got-to-have-it year now. You either win or you get fired. Your coordinator hires are massive. There's infighting. The walls are caving in in the organization. And your first move was D.C., And he goes and gets one of the best in the league, Vic Fangio.
2: That's where you have to go here, right? If you're Suriata, you can't go Neophyte. There may be a brilliant young up-and-coming defensive coordinator. You need a little bit of clout. You need a guy with some some pelts on the wall, so to speak. That's a smart
0: hire. Uh, The other news today is that Mike Vrabel is getting a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons as we speak, and then he's getting on a plane, and he is flying for a second interview with the Carolina Panthers. I thought for a little while it looked like he may end up without a job in this cycle, which seems like it would be crazy if he had to take a DC job, or I don't know, maybe he would just sit out a year and do some TV. But he does have a second interview today with the Falcons, and he will have a second interview tonight with the Panthers. So if you're Mike Vrabel, still a chance you land one of those two gigs. I just think you're better than the Panthers' job, man. Mm. Don't, don't take that job.
2: So we, we just had Dan Wetzel on, obviously, talking about why teams aren't in on Bill Belichick, and nobody really has a good answer. You could sort of point to the idea that maybe the ego would be so big, everyone else gets dwarfed, and you have to do what he wants, and what he wants has led to some pretty terrible results over the last few years about personnel control, et cetera. That's not the rep of Mike Rabel. I'm surprised there hasn't been more clamor and fervor for Mike Rabel. I think it really comes down to the fact that the unknown is so intoxicating for both owners, you know, front offices, fan bases, et cetera, that you've got a pretty great known commodity here that admittedly, has had a bad last couple of seasons. I can point to some pretty good reasons why they're in in Tennessee. You know, basically Derrick Henry got a little bit older. Their personnel got really bad. They don't have a quarterback, yada, yada, yada. I don't know how involved Rabel was in picking those pieces, but still, we're two years removed from another 12-win season with personnel that I don't think anybody would would be envious of when you're talking about some of the elite teams across the league. I think that guy's an excellent head coach. I always have, but whatever, that's my bias. I'm surprised teams aren't clamoring for someone that hasn't, you know, gone to the mountaintop, and now is demanding personnel control. This is
0: just a really good head coach that's still in his 40s. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. How do you feel about just giving us one of your jokes? (laughs) No, we can't do that now. Not now? Now's not the time. Okay, you're going to wait till the big night? Yeah. I think you could just workshop a couple on people.
2: I've been workshopping a couple on my (laughs) pal GP.
0: (laughs) I mean, they're funny. Uh, This is quickly turning into a roast, though. I will say. I don't know if that was the point or not, but <laughs> Danny's just shooting from the hip. He's going to go around the room and bring some people down a little
2: Listen, bit. Listen, if someone else wants to come up and do stand up and roast you and I, they're more than welcome to do so. Right? But now there's. Uh, it's, uh,
0: yeah, it's nice to have you in our back pocket, I guess.
2: I guess it, it's a nice you, pet you can to have. Throw
0: some in there. I'm sure you'll, you'll get, you got me covered in there. Yeah, there'll they'll, they'll be, they'll be some gentle ribbing. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, some of these jokes. Oh, it's going to be good. You got to buy tickets February 2nd. So Danny's going to crush everyone with some stand-up, and then we're going to do whatever it is we're going to do. We'll be on stage. Cocktails will be served, I think. Chugging and and jiving, everyone yelling at each other. People will have a lot of fun, I'm quite sure. Uh, All right, my double play really quick. I just started today the brand-new true crime documentary on Netflix called American Nightmare. It is unbelievable. Do you know anything about
2: this? Only what you told me before the show. I'd seen a quick little... You know, you're not know, logging to Netflix. You know, it's always changing what's on your title screen and stuff. Yeah. A little quick preview, and I'm going, this looks wild.
0: So I'm part of the way through episode two. I will be continuing it as soon as I get home tonight. I can't wait. Uh, the, the basic, well, I won't tell you any of the specifics. I'll just say that this is a documentary with footage and audio, and it's all real. It happened in real life. I don't yet know how it's ending, but essentially a couple goes to bed. They're woken up in the middle of the night. Uh, the guy is in the weirdest like kidnapping ever is forced to stay in the room and drugged. The woman is taken and and two days later comes back and they're trying to figure out if if they're lying, who's lying, what happened, and that's as far as I am. It is the, it's just incredible. And Netflix, man, they they do it. Whatever this is, they're great at it. They're so good at it. They do two things better than just about anybody. This true crime documentary stuff and then there's sports stocks. The trailer yeah. for the new NASCAR one that's coming out. Now, I know I'm NASCAR Paulson. You're not NASCAR Ruye. But there is a... I'll, I'll watch day one. Drive to Survive. Yes. Uh, you know, full swing, whatever the hell the golf Even the is tennis
2: called. one. I don't care about tennis yeah. at all. Outstanding.
0: And the NASCAR one looks amazing. It's coming out in a week uh, at the end of January. Looks awesome. So a lot of Netflix yeah. hours ahead for your boy with football winding down.
2: Netflix movies, fine, hit or miss. You know, usually a good way to kill a couple hours or seven in the case of The Irishman. Uh, really good original programming a lot of times, but those spaces, those documentaries about things that you wouldn't normally care about. Now, did you ever do The Watcher?
0: You told me about it. I didn't.
2: And you never did. Okay, so this it's going to be a bad question then. I wonder how this compares to that, where you... Read the events. Like, if you just read a synopsis of each episode of The Watcher, each thing is crazier than the last thing.
0: Yeah, well, this is uh, the way I would describe this is stranger than fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, there are occasionally things that happen in real life that when you hear the story, they're insane. And because of that, law enforcement and everyone involved just doesn't treat it with the seriousness that it deserves or give the person telling them sometimes the benefit of the doubt because they go, you're a liar, this couldn't have happened. And at least an episode and change in—that's exactly what happened here. Which is to say, this is stranger than fiction. This doesn't make sense. No one is going to believe this, and maybe it really happened.
2: I'm in. I'll I'll be watching because I'm telling. I I, I keep bringing up The Watcher, but like it starts off with a there's a dead animal in the house, and not like it got in and, and into some duct and ended up passing out. It was like bloody and disgusting and terrible, and that sets us off on our journey. Like there are people going through tunnels. Into the house, there are letters being written. That like was stalking. supposedly also real. Yeah, it was based on a on a on a true story. Yeah. And it remains unsolved. Nobody can figure it out. This it it is staggering what happens to these people, right? And they're they blame each other, they blame the neighbors, they're because they all they wanted to do was stop and live in the house and they can't. But it reminds it it's what you were telling me sounds kinda like that, where you just go, if you told this to somebody, they'd go,
0: No, that's not true. That was my initial thought. Yeah, I don't believe you. The Beltway Blitz comes your way next. We're going to cover the teams you care the most about and kick off the back half of the show on Grant and Danny, taking you up to 6.30.